Good evening and welcome to Absolute Bedlam Podcast. Apologies, first of all, if I sound a bit knackered. It's because I am, because I've literally just done an 8K and now I'm questioning my entire life. <laughs> so on that note, we've got Carl Dawkins on the podcast tonight. So first hey. thing first, how's it going? You all right? Hey, man. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And uh, I hope the You're 8K right. hasn't, hasn't ruined you too much. No, I've um, just done it with my girlfriend's sister and she's uh, a bit of a pace setter. Shout out to Mel. <laughs> And uh, she's beasted me and taken three minutes off my previous time. Oh, wow. That's impressive. Yeah. There we go. So, uh, yeah, I feel a bit like I've been put through the ringer a bit, but it's all good. <laughs> so, yeah. Carl, how has COVID been for you, my friend? Oh, mate, do you know what? It's been totally up and down. I mean, the yeah. fact that we went through three lockdowns, um, yeah. I never thought that we would in my life thought that we'd go through something like a pandemic you read about these things in history books do you know what I mean yeah, yeah. um and there's loads of things that every generation has gone through yeah. I mean could you imagine if we went through this and we didn't have the internet I know I would oh yeah. I would actually mental but like the first lockdown for me um was actually pretty good if I'm honest yeah I um you know we had had no work I was, I was actually supposed to play six dates in Wuhan last right. january yeah so <laughs> i got a phone call in 2019 from an artist called charlie freeman and i got booked on bass and md for him and we had 30 dates of rehearsals in january uh to do a six-week tour then in february right. and the first six dates were Wuhan. Yeah. and about about two weeks into january we uh we start hearing news about the virus etc and you know we're sorting out our passports from the embassy etc and we start monitoring it and at first they were like, oh, don't worry. Like, we'll just see what happens. And then like yeah. two weeks before we were like, all right, we'll just cancel the shows in Wuhan. Yeah. Um, and we were like, okay, cool. We'll just go around it. Cause I mean, I've, I've toured all over Asia yeah. just yeah. after SARS happened. So we were like, okay, mm. you know, there's definitely things we can do. And as it got closer and closer, um, things have started getting more and more real. Yeah. So obviously you saw like that cruise ship got held mm. off uh, mm. Japan We'll talk about it later, but actually, I played with the guitarist who was on that cruise ship about two yeah. weeks ago. So he's like a celebrity to me. But uh, it started getting closer and closer. Um, yeah. It was just like getting more and more serious for us. Mm. And everyone in the UK, even friends of mine, were just like, ah, oh, done, done away, worrying. And about three days before we're supposed to leave, so the uh, end of January, yeah. uh, we basically did our embassy, did everything else. And I've never had the embassy actually get in contact with us to be like you are going nowhere and we were like yeah. wait what so tour gets cancelled we're like okay well this sucks we're stuck in the uk and of course people in the uk were still going around absolutely normal and all of us are like we think mm -hmm. something's coming and I, I actually sounded a bit like a crazy person telling my friends guys you gotta you gotta be careful do you know what i mean yeah. and and to this day all the guys that i spoke to are just like can't believe how <laughs> they they reacted to me and then this has happened so, yeah. I mean, last year for me was supposed to be one of my busiest years. I was doing, yeah, six weeks in China. And then I had a free two-week depths on cruise ships, um, had a South America tour, had obviously all the standard festivals and weddings in, in the summer. And yeah. yeah, all of that just went downhill. So I was just like, oh, wow. So, so, so what do you do? So I was mm. really worried about my parents. And obviously, based on the fact that we were getting kind of hyped up beforehand and being really almost paranoid about it. So... I had nowhere to live anyway, and I didn't want to be at my parents' house because of uh, COVID. Because usually I spend the most all my time on tour, yeah. so I decided to move in with my singer, and I went mm. to uh, Portobello Road. And Charlie has a great house. He has a slide 
from the fourth floor to the third floor, uh, <laughs> a, a rainbow coloured staircase yeah. and also uh, like a glass ceiling. So to walk to my bedroom, I had to walk over a glass landing. Fuck that. Um, no. Yeah, it was absolutely mental. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and so I, I, we had a really great time. We, we ended up for the first four weeks of the lockdown playing outside his window every day right. for half an hour at one o'clock. Um, um, just like, cause basically there was a Tesco's opposite where he lived and oh, there yes. was a massive queue because obviously that like, was social distancing. So yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We, we, we were basically like every day we had a guaranteed crowd, mate, 50 people. And for any bands out there <laughs> listening who are just starting, who are doing the loose circuit from back in the days, you remember, 50 yeah. people in a small venue is quite nice. So we had, yeah. we had a guaranteed crowd and, you know, we, we did that. And that was quite fun. We were working this new album. Um, yeah. And then obviously everything sort of uh, relaxed a bit in July. I was yeah. still quite para. I hadn't seen my granddad, who I'm quite close to for ages. I saw him through yeah. a window like twice. Mm. hadn't really seen my family I actually turned up to my house once in like April and I didn't want to come in I had to grab some stuff and my dog was just sitting in the garden patiently mm. looking at the door and it was so sad because I wish I wouldn't have sent it because she yeah. could hear my voice and she knew I was there yeah but she hadn't seen me for for months and yeah. you could just see her like try like in the photo in the video she was just trying to work out I think that's Carl why is he why is he not coming in and mm. uh, when I eventually saw her in July, it was, yeah, it was such a nice feeling to see her. And then yeah. when the second lockdown came in, mm. we, we basically thought all the work might, might pick up. So we had, we hired work and tours potentially booked in for like November last year. Um, and we were sort of setting that. So I stayed in London, I moved to a different place and I actually did, um, some NFL training in end of 2009 for like American football, but the UK team. Um, okay. Yeah, and obviously with NFL, like with American football, sorry, when you when you when you like you know injuries and in practice is quite common, and I I got slammed to the ground quite hard, and I got back up, kept kept training, and throughout the first entire lockdown, I thought my liver was done. Um, right. I, I still I still drunk too much, but I thought I thought my liver was like, oh my god, what's going on? And then in August, just before I moved out of Charlie's place, uh, yeah. I slipped on his floor, and I smashed on polished concrete. So I did my I did my my leg and. As soon as I hit the floor, I was like, oh, no. And everyone was like, you're right. And I was like, yes and no. I was like, it's not my liver. I was like, I've definitely done my rib. And it turns out it was my rib the whole time that I'd done. So yeah. I went down to the hospital and I had a nice black mark and basically just had like a hairline fracture on my rib. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So then ended up moving to a 13th floor of a flat in Acton. Um, Acton is a lovely place, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go back there. <laughs> it's um, <laughs> it's got some good studios and people, but mate, living there during a lockdown yeah. on the thirteenth floor when I could barely move mm. was absolutely terrible. So I was, yeah, I went to a pretty bad place to be totally yeah. honest. Uh, my dad caught COVID twice. All uh, right. Once at the beginning of the year, and the second time he got it, he uh, was hospitalised, and he's he's now still oh. suffering from long COVID. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is absolutely mental for something like that to happen. Um, yeah. And then it came into the third lockdown. And by that time, um, because we'd all sort of it recently, I was like, all right, I'll just I'll, I'll come back home. So I, I didn't want to be in London anymore. Yeah. So it was nice to spend time with the family. Um, mm. But I was in a really, really dark and lost place, mate. You know, you yeah. think, as, as you know, like all of us, it was a. Uh, in the first lockdown, I was having having this creative output. I was still playing to people. I yeah, was doing yeah. stuff, and then moving back home, there was it was like right. There was it seemed like there was no end to this. Um, and I actually spent from February till uh, May looking for a different different job. Um, yeah. 
which is mental. I've, I've only ever had one proper job up until now in, in my life. And I worked in budgets for okay. four hours when I was 18. And at the end of the four hour shift, I went, I don't want to do this. And the guy went, I always remember this. The guy went, Carl, thank you for being honest. Do you know what? I was the same. I worked in a tailor's for a few weeks and I decided yeah. it wasn't for me. And now that's why I'm manager of budgets. And I was like, <laughs> wicked. That's exactly why I'm fucking leaving. Yeah. <laughs> and Fair enough. So yeah. yeah, so ended up ended up looking for different jobs, um, mm. and ended up taking a load of work. So I was, you know, fully booked from uh, end of May till the end of this year. Every Saturday, some Fridays, which is nice. All weddings and corporates, a couple of festivals for Armada, which is cool. Yeah. Uh, but nothing during the week, mate. And to be honest, it was making me lose my mind because I, I lost all motivation mm. to do anything. And loads of other things happened, which we'll go into later. Uh, like broke up with the missus after nine years. My singer yeah. left after nine years. Industry's gone after doing that for 12 years. Lots of teaching work going down the pan. Yeah. And I was just like, what do I do? Uh, which is when, yeah, I, I, landed this, I landed this most recent job, which we'll go to, we'll go to in a bit. Yeah. Bloody hell. Sounds like a I great know, change your life yeah man and to be honest i felt i was so lucky during the first lockdown mm. um, I, I was so lucky in the first lockdown really uh, and it was you know party time it was cool this is gonna end don't worry about it i yeah. sort of got used to the fact and when it got to the end of the third lockdown in january my first thought was man i need another lockdown it was like what <laughs> it's like I need another lockdown. Like, yeah. you know, on the next lockdown, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to learn a language. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I was like, yeah. I could do with another lockdown just to sort my life out. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's been a weird one in terms of I've got all this time. What am I going to do with it? Like, what am I going to yeah. fill it with if I'm not working, if I'm not able to see people, if I'm not able to go on holiday or go to gigs? It's just essential, like, bare bones living and it's completely up to you what you fill that time with, I suppose, really, isn't it? And a lot of people have become very motivated and started their own companies, started making shitloads of sourdough, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. doing all these five-minute crafts things on Facebook. And But some people have really struggled with it because I'm quite extroverted, like you are, Carl, and I like quite, you know, I quite like being around people. Yeah, but I feed, I feel like yeah. both of us, we feed off that, do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. And especially, as you know, when you tour and stuff like that as yeah. well, the best thing we're on a tour is when you have multiple bands so you can feed mm. on different energies. And one thing I found, like, that was the, the most disappointing thing for me looking back is that the fact that I lost my motivation with everything that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, you know, I did, I did do a lot of writing. That was cool. And there's a lot of things I did do, a lot of writing, a lot more yoga. There was a lot more self-evaluation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I got, I got into my crypto again really, really, mm. really hard. Yeah. And... Uh, but yeah, the actual motivation to pursue with my own personal projects, I run Armada of Secrets myself, um, yeah. to pursue that, it just, it became a real struggle because there wasn't really a, lot, a big outlet for it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, look at, looking back, hindsight's twenty twenty. looking back, it was, it was all in my own head. Yeah. Um, but I suppose that's what cabin fever does to you. Yeah, I think everyone went through that at some point. Um mm. I don't want to rant on about this too much in the podcast because I tend to go to this place quite a lot. But um, <laughs> have you got a Netflix subscription? Oh, do you know what? I never did till lockdown. Yeah. And now, yeah. And now I do. I mean, I've so, never watched so much TV in the last yeah. year. <clears throat> so have you watched Bo Burnham's Inside? No. What's that? Mate, you need to watch that because everything you've just said reminds me of that so much. So there's a comedian. Musician. Oh, the guy that did, sorry, the guy that did the thing and he goes, 
I yeah. want to bring you some content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. Yeah. I watched I watched the first one. I was very impressed. I did not watch any more yeah. for some reason. Oh mate, you've got to make an effort to yeah. watch that. It's fucking nuts. Like he's proper like I don't want to ruin it too much, but he's proper like having to deal with his own shit. And yeah. towards the end of the special, he starts sort of losing his mind a bit, and it's kind of like the most sort of you'll see. Yeah, it just yeah, like, it was just him in a spare room with cameras, and it was he's not the best uh, socialite at the best of times. But yeah, I think I, I, think, I think that's maybe why I turned it off thinking back to it because yeah, I watched the first episode and yeah. I was super impressed and, and didn't yeah. go on any further. So maybe that was why I will, I will definitely yeah. now check that out. Yeah, it's really good. I I, I don't want to um constantly talk about it on this, but no, no, yeah, no. G- just... give him give him give him all the free press, mate. Yeah, Everybody, yeah. go check this out. <laughs> yeah, he's amazing. I love him. Shout out to Bo Burnham if you but are. How, how was how, just, just quickly? Him. Yeah, Burnham should definitely check this out. We should probably yeah, tweet yeah. this to him as well. 100%. But just su- summarize in one sentence because I'm I feel really rude now. I haven't asked you how your COVID was. Mm. I've been fine, mate. Oh, good I've no scares. I've been working from home. I've been going on site when I'm allowed. Um, yeah, just driving around. Um, my girlfriend had it pretty hard. Uh, I won't go into it too much, but she got made redundant. And I feel yeah. that I've sort of had to go on a bit of a roller coaster ride with that. Yeah. Um, I've still been seeing my son at weekends. So that would have really like knocked me for six if that was something that wasn't allowed anymore. Because yeah, you know, two days a week—that's a pretty significant amount of time, really. Um, and you become a creature of habit, don't you? When yeah, everything goes to shit, you kind of rely on the stuff that's constant to sort of fill you up, I suppose. Yeah, but yeah, no, exactly. I'm fine. Um, I'm double jabbed now, so I feel like Wolverine. Same. I can yeah. uh, walk into any situation and come out completely unscathed, apparently. Not really. Asterisk. Not really. No. So um, one, one, one note on that quickly for all the yeah. COVID deniers out there. Uh, I totally respect your decision to not have the vaccine. That's totally cool. Yeah. However, um, you know, that this vaccine was made on the last strain, the same yeah. as the flu. So there's a reason why people who are double jabbed are now getting COVID. And yeah. also, if you are strain but it's not going to affect you as badly and a lot yeah. of people were obviously afraid of a vaccine da, da, da. and obviously because i went to tour in asia and there was sars etc yeah. uh, the covid vaccine they were like oh it's only been put through in a year blah 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 yeah. but actually all the all the research was based off the sars 2 vaccine which yeah. is which is nine years so uh, at the end of this year the sars 2 vaccine becomes a vaccine because they have to wait 10 years um, yeah. And people think it was rushed only done in the year. No, it wasn't. The yeah, research yeah. was already there. There was already a COVID vaccine uh, in like being used. They, they just have to modify it. That's why now they're going to be modifying it. And one thing I'll say yeah. is, well, we live in a capitalistic society, which mm. a lot of people hate. Obviously, like it's very hard to, to get away from that now. However, yeah. one advantage of a, a, a capitalistic society yeah. is the fact that all these companies are literally competing to make you the safest vaccine so they can yeah. make a shitload of money. And I'll repeat that again. They are competing to make the safest vaccine so they yeah. can make a load of money, which is the only positive that comes out of that, I think. Yeah, definitely, yeah. But yeah, to answer your question, I'm fine. Oh, good, yeah. Um, I, started, I started doing this in October last year, and it's been a hell of a ride since. Um, sometimes I've been doing two episodes a week. I've been calmed down a bit, and I've been doing one a week. Um, but yeah, I've been meaning to do this for a very, very long time. 
like I'm quite a well-connected kind of guy, especially in the music world where I had a hand in it for like eight, nine years. And um, I know a lot of interesting people. So I thought, sod it. I'm going to go for it. Um, obviously, this is only audio at the moment, but I do want to look at doing video at some point. And I oh, just yeah, thought, mate, come down. I've, got, I've got nothing to lose. So let's have exactly. some chat. Yeah, mate, you miss you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. I agree. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, I've been jogging as well, trying to keep my fitness up. But then I offset that by eating shit. Yeah, man. So, welcome, welcome to the Deliveroo. <laughs> Actually, I, mean, I changed that. Welcome to Uber Eats. At least with Deliveroo, I can pay excessive amounts of money to get a salad. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have um, Deliveroo Plus? Oh, I, when I was in Portobello Road, I did. Like, uh, living there was absolutely fantastic, mate. I would spend, like, I think one of my highlights of my day would spend, yeah. like, two hours looking through the god look at all these different things i can have and i actually went through a period as well where before i got my first grant um because of all the cancelled work i was absolutely skinned you know didn't want to dig into my savings too much that happened in the end anyway yeah so i I ended up getting like a paypal credit account yeah so for like one month i i couldn't (laughs) walk across the road to tesco's to buy food but i could order it from the corner shop or order beers from the corner shop in the corner so i was like hey hey why not Deliveroo Plus, get in me. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. So um, just quickly before I forget, because I do have a habit of forgetting these things, and tonight I've got no script. So I'll, fuck knows what I'll say. I'll probably get cancelled by the end of this. Mate, best um, way. It's the best way, isn't it? It's got swinging. So the way I remember you was, I think you played Finns in Weymouth as Cypher 16. Yeah, great bar. And I remember you doing it, something on YouTube called Carl's Corner. Yeah. And oh I was my gosh. fucking rolling. Because you oh, just wow. have this 30 second rant of like, do you know what really pisses me off? <laughs> and then I started doing a YouTube channel, which was kind of ranty and I haven't done anything on that in ages, but I was driving around just shouting like, I don't want to pay 5p for a fucking plastic bag. <laughs> just, yeah. Just, subconsciously influenced by your oh i'm glad i'm glad that happens because it's just quickly as well so i I actually stopped that because i went through a bad period just after that with a load of things that i won't go into but basically lost a bit of confidence and that's why i ended up doing a lot more session work and and sort of getting away from getting away from that band and stuff and uh actually now i've just launched um in the, in, in the company that i'm working for because i'm still a full-time musician but i've taken on a new job as head of marketing and socials and which is awesome i can't believe i've got a proper job and it's actually a pretty good one yeah actually now do a week i do a weekly crypto news roundup called uh carl's crypto uh Mm. corner Mm. and it basically is carl's corner but it's (laughs) it's me talking about crypto which is and the thing is they came up with the name and i was like wow (laughs) yeah i said mate well i've already done this i am totally (laughs) suited to do this it's happening again yeah it's happening again history repeats itself I need I need to actually watch that video because um I just I haven't had a chance but yeah oh, they'll, I'll, I'll yeah they'll be out, they'll be out, they'll be out every week yeah I've subscribed to it yeah. I've put the bell on ding um, ding so I'll, I'll give it a give it a watch when it comes out I'll have to get you to uh we're changing YouTube channels actually uh, this week oh, okay. we're gonna keep yeah we're gonna keep that channel as a backup uh, we'll yeah. go into more of that later but uh, yeah I'll send it the new channel as well yeah nice one because YouTube hates crypto. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. So basically, we got a back, like, we got donated basically for all the listeners out there, just to sum up, guys. 
um, we had like a, a channel donated to the new company, which had 67,000 subscribers, right. which uh, was donated to us by one of the members of staff because we wanted to try and get a wider audience. And he made that channel like 10 years ago um, yeah. and basically got all his followers from Britain's Got Talent sort of people. But hadn't hadn't used it for the last four years, and we also had a a channel which they had started, which only had a thousand subscribers. And one of the reasons why I got the job because I was like, when I do my research on crypto, I like to look at everything, and I was like, this looks so fake, guys. Uh, do you know what I mean? It doesn't look organic. And now we're finally taking the plunge and changing over. But we're going to keep that channel because, yeah, um, if you do say a couple of wrong things, the YouTube bots aren't very nice. Yeah. Yeah. And it takes a while to get a, a channel back. So, right, right. Yeah. yeah. I'll um, speak to you about crypto in a bit. But yeah, I, I know a little bit about crypto, but nowhere near enough to be able to like hold a full conversation. So we'll use this as a learning experience. <laughs> yeah, of course. But yeah. Um, so on the whole music front, like what currently, I know you're in Amada of Secrets. Mm-hmm. What what else are you up to at the moment, or are you a bit of a hired guy? So, yeah, so basically, I mean, Amado Sings, we lost our singer in March. We've, we've been going yeah. for like 10 years, but to be honest, we never really went as full time as we would. We two, two years ago, we came back after like a hiatus and we we uh, did some shows with the Lightning Seeds. Oh, okay, um, yeah, yeah, which is awesome. You know, Free Lines on a Shirt, Sugar Coated Iceberg, that was sort of stuff, and that was great. That was like our first shows back, which was like, wow, we're, we're back yeah. here doing massive shows straight away. Yeah. And then we went on tour with a, a band called Bloodywood uh, from India, um, who basically do, it's like Indian groove metal, but all in English. And it is, those lads, okay. it, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it really is amazing mm. stuff. I do, I do recommend everyone to check it out. So literally, mm. we like, went on tour with an indie band, and then we went on tour with like a metal band. And then obviously COVID hit, uh, we did a live stream in March. We've got, yeah. um, we, we also have a covers band, which is basically the same band, but we just mainly do covers because obviously we do a lot of covers anyway, but we do like just a covers band. So we've been doing a few gigs of that for the last few months. We've got a festival in August, main stage at Aylesbury Park Life, which would be really cool. Um, we're using actually different singers at the moment until we find the right person. Mm. Um, and yeah, apart from that, I, uh, I'm still playing for Charlie Freeman, uh, but he six months. He actually left before the first lockdown and just I'm hasn't fine. come back. <laughs> <laughs> which is and we actually turned his house into a studio called jb jbj studios which is yeah. a very high-end studio now down there they had uh, eliza and the bear and stuff go down yeah um and he uh, yeah so uh and so i'm still i'm still on the books for him i'm playing for a guy called elvis fernandez who is indian who i met on the indian tour and we actually did a, a new track for him two months ago which is all in hindi which is only the, the second track which I've done in Hindi. So I'm the MD for that band. He's got a few more stuff coming out. He's actually, funnily enough, he's renounced his uh, Indian citizenship and he's technically immigrated to Portugal and then lives in the UK as well. So mm. I'm excited to work with him more. And apart from that, at the moment, I'm doing some stuff with a couple of guys in Asia, um, mm. just like random one-off videos of like uh, playing some rap songs and dirty beats and stuff like that. And... And yeah. then apart from that, a lot of the stuff that I've got, because I am a bread and butter musician as well, that was always sort of like what I wanted to do. And if I couldn't do it touring, you'd sort of get money anywhere you can. So yeah. I've, I've been playing weddings and corporate events uh, every every Friday, Saturday. If, if it wasn't an Armada covers gig or an Armada original show, yeah. just been doing yeah, weddings and corporate gigs. So mm. there's a couple of different bands that I play for for that. Um, yeah. The market hasn't picked up as much as we thought it would. 
because there is a bit of oversaturation happening with yeah. people yeah. just wanting live music and it was one thing that we thought might happen do you know what i mean uh, yeah. it is quantity over quality at the moment which mm. is which is quite weird yeah yeah so definitely. yeah at, at the moment yeah that's that, that's the main thing i just i just had an article uh, this month out in bass guitar magazine nice. um yeah i've, I've been featured in that uh, yeah. I've, I've, and I've already had a couple of contacts uh, come through about that, so I was really excited to explore those options. Uh, yeah. Basically, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm still available for anything that comes in because my new job as well. They, I got it because of the music thing. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I got it because of yeah. that and my knowledge of crypto. So yeah. they're really supportive of me taking time off the tour, do That's festivals awesome. and do shows. Yeah, I'm really really lucky with that because yeah. that was always my thing. I never wanted to get yeah. a proper job. Uh, and even when yeah. I was looking for one, I was like, I didn't want something that was going to compromise the music because yeah, that was like always my first you. love. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Just quickly before we go to a break, what does MD mean? Is that managing director? Oh, musical director. Same thing. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. So basically, I put together the band, organize the band, right, and just make sure everyone does the right thing, learns the right stuff, and then mm. advise the artist on certain things that we can do for his songs arrangements, and then I also jump in with some writing as well for him. Could have done with that a couple of years ago, mate. Like I've met some yeah. veterans that don't even know how to tune a six-string guitar. Yeah, mate, and that's why you spend so much money on text. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll buy a guitar that tunes for me. I don't need yeah. to figure it out. Brilliant. <laughs> right, we're just going to go to a quick grind fitness advert, and I'll be right back. So I'll send you a link in a sec, Carl, and we'll get ready to go again. Fantastic. Thank you. Cheers. Just a quick reminder that you're listening to Absolute Bedlam Podcast. This show is officially sponsored by Grind Fitness and Sportswear Clothing. This active and healthy lifestyle company hails from Weymouth and Stu I. Check out their website, which is www.grindlimited, which is L-T-D, UK.com. That's www.grindlimitedUK.com. I've recently been given some of their products to test out and it's all been absolutely fantastic and very, very comfortable to wear. The base layer doesn't cling to you and you can really feel the quality of the clothing. Get involved and start your own grind today. If you have any questions regarding any of their products, please feel free to drop me a message on my Instagram page, which is Absolute Bedlam Podcast, or drop Clayton, the CEO, a message on Instagram. His uh, Instagram page even is called Grind, which is G-R-N-D. We will be very happy to help you with any inquiries that you have on your way to start your own fitness adventure. Thanks again to Grind for allowing me to promote your products. Right then, back to it. Just to let you know that Grind are currently doing a 25% off everything on their store with my affiliate code, which is Bedlam2021. So that's B-E-D-L-A-M for mother, 2021, which is the year that we live in. Bedlam2021 at checkout for 25% off all products grind. Back to the episode. Oh, very well, thank you. That was a nice little short break. Hope the ads went all right. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. Check out Grind Fitness, guys. Check out Grind Fitness and also get in contact with the podcast if you would like to advertise. There we go. Fantastic. Oh, dear. I feel like I've got a co-host rather than a guest. (laughs) (laughs) 
So I'm going to leave it to you, Carl. Do you want to talk about crypto or do you want to talk about music? First? Oh, let's do some uh, music first, a bit more. Cool. And then, yeah, yeah. we'll come with some crypto and then we'll back, uh, back to music because it's, I mean, yeah. my career, mate, is, uh, what is it now? Well, my career has spanned 15 years, which is so mental to say that out loud. Yeah. Even yeah. to say it right now, I've just got a smile on my face and also like a whoa, like yeah. so much has happened. And it was so weird, like so many bad things, as you, as you know, mate, in the music industry, in any creative yeah. industry, many things have more potential to go tits up. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and, uh, Last year, actually, like last August, I was with uh, my girlfriend at the time and I'd been with her for like eight years or so. And like I sort of drew a line underneath my life because I was like, anything that happens from now um, is happening because of my fault. But I was really happy sort of where I was. And I was like, all the all the stuff and all the shit that I'd been through, if that didn't happen, I wouldn't be where I was then. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then 2021 turned around and went, hey, 2020, hold my beer. Yeah. <laughs> and then basically uh, about two weeks ago, I drew a second line. And I've, uh, that, I think that's the third line that I've drawn in my life. And I, yeah. I always recommend to people who are struggling with stuff is if you can do some serious evaluation of your life uh, mm-hmm. and get to a spot where you can evaluate and move forward is to draw a line under everything and just think, regardless of how bad or good things are, you wouldn't mm. be here if all those things wouldn't have happened. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, uh, yeah. my granddad always said, he said, um, you know, Carl, if, you, if, you, if you're going through hell, keep going. Mm. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And the yeah. other thing as well that my nan used to say was uh, everything will be all right in the end. And mm. if it's not all right, it's not the end. Yeah. Which I okay. thought was quite, it was quite nice. So I ended up drawing a line two mm. weeks ago, which I was really thankful to do because it was almost like a, a ceremonial process of doing that yeah um to sort of have acceptance of mistakes that i've made and mm. mistakes which maybe are out of you know everyone's control because it's so hard to take accountability for your own mistakes and it's so hard oh, yeah. to so easy, do you know what like, i mean yeah you know what i mean it's hard to live in the present it's hard to forget the past yeah yeah definitely there was um uh joe rogan uh josh hom uh podcast that i listened to recently um, obviously, Josh Holmes, the singer of Queens of Stone yeah, Age, what a legend! Them crooked vultures and Caius and all that sort of stuff. And there was a thing he said which was quite profound at the time. It's weird because they did like a two and a half hour podcast and they didn't even mention Queens of the Stone Age. And I just thought, wow, this guy's clearly got a lot more to say than just oh, I used to be in a successful band. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and he said it's easy to get out of other people's way but sometimes you have to learn how to get out of your own way and you have to like deal with your own bullshit and you actually have to just accept sometimes that like, I don't you know. Fucked up. That's yeah, it. You have to, like, you have to take accountability for your actions. Even it, if, yeah, even if, sorry, even if that accountability then is yeah. the fact that you allowed somebody mm. the time to mess your life up. Like mm. there's one guy I play for actually called Steve Walker and he runs yeah. absolute band uh, amazing singer we have like an irish fiddle we do like loads of different stuff and we have amazing fiddle players that come in so we'll do i don't know mm-hmm. we'll do like chelsea dagger for example we'll do all the oh, irish yeah. stuff but we'll do like chelsea dagger and he'll play like the lead line on on the violin and it just yeah. sounds so amazing and he told me one thing he went through a bad time and he just told me you know when you when you're mm-hmm. mad at somebody or you're blaming somebody for something you're giving them time in your head mm-hmm. you're letting them win by giving yeah. them that time yeah, and that really that really resonated with me because I was like, wow, you know, sitting there blaming other people isn't going to sort your own shit out. Yeah, 
uh, and it's not going to help your life, especially if you're not telling that person or, or, you know, even, even telling somebody, oh, you've done this. Well, how is that, how is that helping you in your head? And it's, yeah. you know, we all, we all still are guilty of it. And I, I'm still learning. I'm still, still yeah. trying, but it, yeah, it's being yeah. accountable of like, right. You know, you uh, be accountable for your actions. You um, yeah. be, try and be in control of what you can control and try to be at peace with what you can't control. Yeah. That's it. Just let it wash over you as well and just take responsibility and accountability, like you say, and just say, I'll try and do better tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. And that's and literally, that is the best thing you can do. And even so, sometimes you might feel bad about, oh, I need to wait till tomorrow. Do you know what, mate? Sometimes a good sleep really is something that you need. Yeah, um, good sleep. So essential yeah. as well. Oh, mate, yeah, man. It's, it's one thing that I really have put a lot of. I used to sleep really well. Um, and it's one reason when I when I didn't sl- start sleeping so good, I noticed a change in my my attitude, yeah. my health, yeah. and everything else. But one thing I want to say quickly is Josh Home, by the way, is married yeah. to Brody Daly, isn't he? All right, yeah. The uh, the singer of um, the Distillers. Yeah. Mm. Mm. She's a gorgeous woman. It's a lot of um, intertwining musicians. I know the bassist of um, Minus Self Indulgence mm. is going out with my Gerard Chemical Ryan. Romance. Oh wait, who? Yeah, Gerard Way from my Oh, oh that's, it, that's his name. Yeah, you know, yeah. I haven't heard that name for ages. Yeah, they were they were a good mm. band. Yeah, yeah, like they were cool. I like them. Hmm. But yeah, it's just um, I think that's kind of the only way really is to have a musician partner, because <laughs> to say that you're going on tour for eight months, um, see you on the other side, can kind of, I don't know. Sometimes like. I've never been in this situation myself, but I imagine that would sound quite selfish. Yeah, it does, mate. Honestly, yeah, I've had, um, I've, I've always been, a, a, being raised like, I mean, I, I went to a convent school. I was, I was taught by nuns, which okay. was hilarious. And yeah. raised a Catholic, renounced my religion. And now I'm sort of, after touring all over the world, I'm like, give me all the religions. So I'll celebrate, <laughs> I'll celebrate Diwali, Holly. I'll mm. jump in with Eid because I've got loads of people who are, who are, who are uh, Muslim. Um, I like Christmas, Easter, uh, Hanukkah. I've never really got my head around at the moment, but like, you know, if I see, if I see that, I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll get involved with anything now. And yeah. I do, I do like the idea of, of Buddhism and I'm open to any religion, any good argument. Yeah. I, be- I yeah. believe there is something there. I don't know what it is, but my personal belief right. is, yeah, I think yeah. everybody, everybody's praying to the same thing in a different way. If you yeah. want to go like that. But yeah, mm. what, one thing that I found with all of that was, uh, so back, back to the touring thing is, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, the reason why so the reason why I said that is because I've always had usually uh, long, lo- longer term relationships because I've always mm. when I get into a relationship I've always wanted it to be with the right person and you know try and make yeah. something work. And the three relationships that I've had, especially my last relationship with with Sammy, uh, which was you know nine years. One reason why that worked is because um, you know I, I read other rights when we first got together. Like this is how things are going to be, and mm. there's a big there's a big trust thing involved. On, on both sides do you know what I mean because uh, yeah. you are away for a long time and the reason why we stayed together for so long was just because there was that understanding there of you know we're here for each other but you know touring is fun there's a lot of but it is work and like yeah yeah yeah, you, you, yeah if, you see the guys that go on tour once and it's just like da, 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 you almost and it's yeah. like wow yeah guys you know when you're doing this all the time mm. um, you literally will burn out if you yeah. if you don't do it properly and treat it actually like work yeah, definitely. And that's why, yeah, yeah I loved, I loved, well, I, I love my job. I can't wait to tour again. Um, but yeah, that's the thing. Finding the right person for that is, 
is yeah. really, really important. I think you touched on that quite, quite mentally because my first long-term relationship was with a musician. And then after that, I was actually like, I don't want to be with a musician again. <laughs> and now yeah. after the last relationship, I'm just sort of like, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, but it is finding that right person because, you know, you see so much um, bullshit which gets brought yeah. up in relationships with mistrust or... And it's like, especially with touring and being a musician, people don't think sometimes it's a real job. Yeah, And it's like, you do realise, you know, we may, we may be getting all the rider, all the attention, having a bit of fun, but it's still turning up on time, making sure you can play the stuff, making sure you're ready for press, yeah. making sure, you know what I mean, uh, especially because I, I run Armada of Secrets, making sure my band are in check, making sure that when we play on the night, everything's going to go well, making sure the yeah. merch is cool, making sure everyone's doing their job properly. Yeah, and it, and it is a business, and it's so funny when you have a chat with people, as you know, that don't know about it. Yeah. And you're like you really don't understand the work that goes into that goes into being to, to right. being a, a professional actually do you know what? you don't understand the work that goes into being a professional creative even yeah. with what you're doing now with the podcast people might oh. just think oh yeah he's just sitting there talking it's like hang yeah. on do you realize how much ben needs to do to make <laughs> to make this happen uh, yeah it's people management essentially mm -hmm. that's what yeah. this is it's ma matching our schedules together um, telling you how to download an app, which, you know, is all right. It's not too bad <laughs> nowadays. But um, I had some guy on here once that I didn't end up doing a recording with. He's a music studio owner in Weymouth. Um, shout out to Fuzzy, Chris Coombs. And I was meant to record with him a few seasons back, but then he told me he had like an iPhone 2. Oh, and wow. I was like, mate, I can't, I can't, like... <laughs> mate, do you know what, mate? Do you know what I'd suggest, what? Chris? Chris, if you're if you're listening, I remember yeah. your name. I don't know where from. Probably yeah. from the studio. Yeah, dude, yeah, yeah. Save that iPhone, and in about yeah. twenty years' time, that's going to be an antique that you could sell. I've still got yeah. an, I've still got an old Nokia, mate, and I'm, yeah. I I want to cash in on that. Either that, yeah. or when the nuclear winter hits, my phone yeah. will still work. It literally got to the point though where like I sent you the link earlier, and he messaged me saying um, Anchor won't work for me. Um, can we do this in a couple of months? And it was like 8 p.m. on a Monday. And I was like, this can't be happening. Like, <laughs> and he's like, like, this is obviously in the midst of lockdown as well. And he was like, can I come over to your house? And I was like, that's not how no. it works. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean you, you, you could, but you're going to be in a separate room. Yeah, you can meet really me in the car awkward. park and yeah. I'll just shout. Yeah. Good evening and welcome to Absolute Pleasure. But yeah, I'll get him on at some point. I just um, haven't revisited that. But that's yeah, stuff it, sort it, of... Chris, if you're listening, yeah. get in contact. And Ben, when you speak to him, yeah, tell, tell him to get in contact. Be nice yeah, to yeah. No shade. But, um, <laughs> yeah. There we go. Have, have you watched... Uh, wait, you said no shade. Do you watch RuPaul? Oh, fuck no, I don't watch RuPaul. <laughs> no, nah, that's, that's, that, that's the only... Because obviously, like, during lockdown, we yeah, all random yeah. stuff. I started yeah. watching some of the drag stuff. And, um, <laughs> and from, a, from a... Like, English drag is so different to American drag. Yeah, and it really put a perspective on especially because if you if you watch it from a creative standpoint, regardless yeah. of your views about any of that stuff, mm -hmm. yeah, like um, these these men and girls. So I was I was referred to them as girls when they're in their when they're in their outfits and when yeah. they're when they're, when they're not that you know they're blokes, yeah. and it's like when they're when, when they do it, you know, they're making their own costumes, they're they're putting so much work and effort in, and that's what I gravitated towards. Oh. It yeah, wasn't yeah, the, yeah. It, and but one of the things I do love is. I do like a good drag show and I'm, I'm excited to go to one soon where they, where they throw shade and I am yeah. all up for being taken the piss out of if, you, if, you, if you've yeah. got a good comment about it. And yeah, so they, they, yeah they call yeah. it reading. So I'm going to read you 
and basically okay. they come up with insults but the insults aren't mm. it sounds really weird but the insults are harsh mm. but they're not harsh so if you're a good reader yeah. you know you could you could take the piss out of my weight or something but at the yeah. same time you're not going to go personal with it and i would just but just the creative nature of how they make their own outfits and prepare everything i was just like wow yeah. wow but yeah that's why you said shade and i was like yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. that's where i heard that it's like a sort of comedy roast by the sounds of it mm. that's exactly what it is yeah. that's exactly yeah. and it's so funny but obviously like you know just you roll roll with the punches mate when you mm. when you walk into a drag show you are not safe and especially with you know you know what i'm like i'm loud um yeah give me attention so i am never safe <laughs> yeah. when i walk into a drag show yeah is it cheap tickets at the front and expensive tickets at the back is that what <laughs> I wish it was, mate. But the ones I've been to, it's just been one set price. And I always, I, I never try to sit at the front. I never try to sit at the back. But I, I do like to be a little bit nervous. Because to be honest, mate, I think I just like the attention. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I like a bit of validation. Yeah, now. Just, 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 hey, hey, notice me. Notice me. Please, <laughs> notice me. That's it. So, yeah. So, on the whole music thing, like, what's it actually like sort of traveling the world and having to jump through these hoops, like embassies and... You know, what's that actually like as a sort of touring musician? Yeah, it's, do you know what? And um, the one thing about being in music, as a lot of guys listening might not know, it's just there are so many different levels to it. And I've been very fortunate to, in hindsight, very fortunate to play at all levels. Yeah. Uh, I do miss uh, playing at the very top level. That is, yeah. you get very well looked after most of the time. Um, and, you know, there there is a lot of people involved. And especially when you're in the band, there's people looking after you and it does you know i mean obviously like i don't like to be a hassle as well so usually i can always get what i want just by being yeah. polite and a little bit cheeky yeah. um and you know it that, that that is all well and good and then obviously it sounds really weird but the lower the lower down you go the hard the harder it gets uh, as you say with people management with dealing with venues and having less people involved to run stuff yeah. uh, so i mean yeah, I mean, my, my last passport, I've got it I've got it kept safe away safe. I literally filled up the passport, which was awesome, one month before yeah. I had to get a new one. And, <laughs> um, yeah, I got, I got my new passport, which had the, had the China um, and had the Chinese and a South American visa in, which I never got to use. So my new passport has two visas in. But the last one actually got filled up to the point where I landed in Delhi in India and yeah. I technically wasn't allowed to go into the country because I had no space in my passport. <laughs> so luckily being in India, and obviously India is a little bit like the Wild West at the moment. It's, uh, do you know what I mean? Because they are a little bit, they're so advanced in some ways and then behind in others, which is which really plays to our advantage. So for example, you know, I remember uh, we, 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 I had a tour manager from India driving us. And I think he was, I think he was drunk. I was definitely drunk. The band were definitely, he must've been drunk as well. And we got pulled over and he was like, guys, guys, right. Everyone give me a hundred rupees, which is one pound. And he got out of the car. Like, cause I, I remember all of a sudden I was thinking, I think he's going to get done here. He gave the guy five quid, five hundred rupees. It was like, right, we get to go now. And I was like, wow, that wouldn't happen in, that wouldn't happen in England. And then on the flip side, uh, I don't know if anyone needs design work, but visual amnesia, who is Ruben from Delhi, who does a lot of stuff for uh, loads of different bands, like uh, guys to do with Sixth and all that sort of mm. stuff. And he, uh, yeah. he designed my tattoo. And I remember him calling me up and we having a chat about this exact situation, about pros and cons. And he was like, well, mate, someone's just crashed into me um, and my insurance won't pay out because the police turned up and they said, we'll deal with it in a minute. He slipped the guy some money 
and mm. now they're saying the crash didn't happen. Oh wow! So yeah, it's yeah. definitely it's definitely both sides of the coin. But yeah, f- funny to that as well. Uh, I actually made a mistake because when I went into India and I wasn't supposed to go because my passport was filled. And also, by the way, if your passport is damaged, you're not supposed to travel. And I always put my blooming passport in my teeth because I've always got so much stuff on me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it turns out my passport was on the brink of not being accepted. But I then uh, I played in a band um, for a little while called Underside from Nepal, who were the okay. first Nepalese band to leave Nepal. They did uh, Bloodstock and Download in the last couple of years. Um, yeah. Great guys, uh, great, great, great music. And I went, I went to Kathmandu in Nepal and I land and I literally didn't even think about it. The, the woman at the Emirates desk turned around and said, are you sure you can go? I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. And I didn't realize, they didn't really explain why it was. It was basically because my passport was filled and I had a couple of stamps on the same page. And technically, you're supposed to have one stamp per page, which I didn't really realize. Right. And I landed in Kathmandu. And, uh, you know, sometimes you might just get the odd person who's being a bit of a job's worth, to put it bluntly. And he was like, looking for my passport. And I was like, what, what are you looking for? Because you buy your visa when you turn up there. You don't, you don't have to get it beforehand, which is really handy. Whereas yeah. India, you've got to go for like an interview and stuff. And um, in the end, I was like, oh, man, can I, like, can you just keep, like, sign my thing? And while this was happening, it was actually like, I was holding up the queue and stuff. And he was just basically looking at me as if like, no, I don't, I don't want to let you in, even though I had the visa thing. And some guy yeah. who knew Underside, who was a fan, who I ended up getting friendly with afterwards, comes balling back from like five guys behind me and starts speaking Nepalese to this guy. And I was just like, what the hell is going on? And the guy was like, oh, okay, put another stamp on one of the pages and let me go. And afterwards I was like, mate, what did you say? And he was just like, just explained you were an underside and stuff like that. And I was like, didn't realize how much weight they had in that country. I was like, oh, wow, this is amazing. And I mean, obviously, like, I can say this next story now because it's already happened and I've got a new passport. Yeah. Um, and I don't think, I mean, mate, if the Indian embassy, if, if, so if the Indian government is listening to this podcast, then <laughs> we, are, we are absolutely sorted. But basically, I... Please uh, follow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mate, if they get involved, then, yeah, we got, like, I don't, I don't, I don't mind for that. But basically, um, yeah. the, you're only supposed to, there was one period of time where when you get an Indian visa you can't go back within 30 days, I think it was at the time, 30 days or maybe 90 days, you get a 90 day visa, you can't go back within 30 days. You have to reapply for a visa. So I joined a band called Undyne Inc. from Delhi and that was off the back of playing in Cypher 16. And Undyne Inc. are like a massive band in India. They actually, I got the underside gigs I played with them. They're both massive bands out there. And the guy that designed my tattoo, Ruben from Visual Amnesia, he was the yeah. basis for Undyne Inc. Okay. I took over. I actually called him up and I was like, mate, I know you guys had a bit of a bad falling out. Do you mind if I play for them? And he was like, you're my bro. Go do it. Which was really nice. Because, I mean, he, he, he designed the tattoo all across my chest as well. So, yeah. like, you know, I'm really close to him. And so I fly out. And obviously it was a big thing over there. Like Rolling Stone India were covering us all the time. And they were just like, you know, who's their new bass player? Da, da, da. And someone saw my hand in one of the photos. And they saw it was a white guy. Yeah. There's all these rumors flying around. So I basically did a tour. Uh, I went to Nam, did Nam in LA. And then I flew to India to do a couple of videos. And we did a video in a drug dealer's abandoned warehouse. <laughs> and so if you see the video guys it's Alpha Absolute by Undying Inc 
And yeah. that is in, like, you, you see at the beginning of the shot, I'm standing on a blooming abandoned plane. And there was a couple of vehicles in there. And basically, it was like a big runway in the middle of Delhi, which nobody knew about. And it was taken over by a load of the poor people, Yeah, uh, to put it bluntly. And we went there to go do the video. And they were like, Carl, Carl. They were like, when we turn up, you need to cover up. And I literally had gloves on. I covered up as if I was wearing almost like a burqa sort of style hat. Do you know what I mean? Master? Yeah. They were like, if, if, you, if they see you're actually white, um, we're going to get charged like 10 times more money. And that's one thing you do find in India for anybody <laughs> listening as well. Like it's uh, if you want to experience uh, racism of a different class, uh, to yeah. put it bluntly, just, just be a white guy by yourself going around going India. And it, and it is a different style of racism, by the way. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's one that because yeah. we, are, we are white and I take quite a nice attitude to it, you sort of can roll with the punches. Mm. But you will get charged more. You will get treat, treated differently. I think you're rich. And I'm sort of sitting there being like, especially at the time, I was like, guys, it's like, I don't, I don't have a lot of money. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm just, I, like, I yeah. like touring. I put all the money back into my band and other crypto mm. and other stuff like that for the moment. And um, yeah. I then we didn't do the video shoot. Do we do the recording? We call the EP. I come back. I do it at a six-week uh, tour in America with Cipher Sixteen with Amaranth. Um, anyone who's no Amaranth, please check out Amaranth. They're an amazing band. Elise uh, okay. uh, Ride is the lead singer. She's amazing. Well, they got they got three lead singers, uh, Henrik and Nils as well. Lovely guys. Toured them loads. And then I have to fly back to India for a tour for like the the, the release tour. So I'm in Heathrow Airport. And they're like, hey, you got your visa sorted? I was like, yeah. And they were like, oh. They were like, when was the last time you went to India? And luckily, I just turned around and went last year. Uh, yeah. And they were like, oh, okay. And they didn't actually, because my passport was so messy, they, they didn't check. And I thought, yeah. why did they say that? And as I walk away, I hear the lady saying, oh, good job, because you can't go within this many days. And I checked the dates, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm not supposed to go to India. Yeah. So I get on the plane anyway. I go to India, and I'm like, right, let's see how we can do this. So... I had a copy of my visa as a, as a paper and I put it in a different page and I was so fortunate because they could have turned me away. I went to the check-in desk. I was just really smiley and polite, opened yeah. it on the page and the guy went, cool, stamped it, go. And I was like, oh, thank goodness for that. Yeah. <laughs> but, but bluntly, yeah. like, you know, when you are, and that was because I was doing a lot of stuff myself. Like when you are playing in bigger bands, you're yeah. getting your visas and stuff sorted for you. Uh, especially yeah. like, you know, China last year, getting that yeah. sorted and that's all quite nice and obviously when you when you get to a level level and you're trying to do stuff yeah it, it, it can be quite uh, it's, it's a lot of work getting all the the admin and the back stuff done you know okay. sorting out sorting out hotels merch and all that sort of stuff which is why it's it's such a privilege to be able to play uh bigger shows in bigger bands because ironically yeah. it gets so much easier it's really weird how that works do you know what i mean yeah definitely yeah so um sounds like you've had a bit of a wild time but that's obviously a, <laughs> yeah a testament that if you are confident in any situation it will probably work yeah that's it so, and also uh, i'll be smiley and be a bit honest because you know if i yeah. if i had messed up it's just a bit like right yeah all you can do is hold your hands up and what, one thing i've found is in a lot of situations um starting little white lies or trying to cover your tracks mm. just leads to a lot of problems do you know what i mean it's more to remember isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. That's it. So, um, on the whole, would you recommend being a touring musician to other people, or has it been a bit of a wake-up call? And oh, would you do well, it mate, again? Yeah, fifteen years, mate, and I'm still doing it. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's um, yeah. you get some good tours, you get some bad tours, but 
the, yeah. the main thing to do is you can always take something away from it. And I started, I started playing bass when I was 16. I yeah. did download when I was 17 with like Metallica and Guns N' Roses and stuff and played with um, some really cool bands. I was very, very fortunate. Um, and then I actually went to go do a degree in music after that. So I was touring while doing a degree in music. Nice. Um, and one thing I would recommend is, do you know what I mean? Basically, we are not trees. If yeah. you don't like where you are, move. Yeah. And that is one benefit of doing the session thing. It's also a downside. There's lots of downsides to it, but it's also one benefit. You are not a tree. If you don't like the situation, just move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, that's a possible episode name for this. <laughs> I like that. But yeah, I, I remember obviously Cypher 16. Um, when you came to Finns, you know, I said to, I think it was Jack the singer. I said, you know, if you've got any more dates coming up, because I'd quite like to sort of, you know, follow you guys properly. And you were like, yeah, we'll we'll probably play download soon, and uh, you know, we'll probably get endorsed by Guinness, and you're endorsed by Warwick, and yeah, like, fucking hell, these guys are making things happen here. Like, this isn't and, just a one and done. Like, Finns was a bit like that sometimes, where you'd have these like tribute bands, and you'd have bands that you know were on tour with other bands, and they didn't really know anything, and but you seem to have a direction. It's basically yeah, do you know what? There was one good thing about Cyber 16, and that's why us and the lads got on, especially me and Jack got on, get on yeah. quite well with this, because you have to make things happen, especially yeah. at that level. And yeah, I got endorsed. Uh, I still am endorsed by Warwick, endorsed by Overwater, Marco Bases, yeah, uh, D Markley okay. Strings, pardon me, uh, mm-hmm. DR Strings, Sims Bases, um, endorsed by all those people still, and I have great relationships with them. That's why I still, I'm looking forward to doing NAM next year. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I think Jack did get the, the Guinness endorsement. He got yeah. an unofficial Guinness endorsement because we used to bring a Guinness bar to shows, yeah. which was absolute a pain in the ass, by the way. But, um, <laughs> but in the yeah. end, you know, he proved me wrong with that and he ended up, he ended up getting the endorsement from Guinness. Yeah. <laughs> Mental. But yeah, I like it when people have a direction and they're not just sort of floundering around and sort of just hoping that things land in their lap. Yeah, yeah. Um, sometimes that works, but a lot of the time it doesn't. And then they end up hating the world and telling people not to do, you know. Because they're, because they're bitter. Yeah, because they, they don't want Yeah, and, and like, and like yeah. we said before earlier in the episode, that they're not holding themselves accountable maybe for their mistakes. Yeah, that's it. But yeah, there we go. So, um... Go to a quick break. I'm going to ask you some usual questions in Ooh. absolute style, and then we'll go full on into crypto. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'll send you a link in a sec, and we'll Cheers, go part three. Thank you. Cool. Bye. Quite tough questions. There's only two of them, and then I'll go on to stupid stuff. Go so, for it. as a bassist slash professional musician, I want three of your inspirations for the sound that you have and the style that you play in. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so basically, um, definitely John Entwistle. Yeah. Uh, from The Who. Um, yeah. I do like the fact he was, he was, they called him The Ox and mm. several things. I mean, one thing that I actually agree and disagree with is that he was so good to watch live because he would play the song, but he might change some of the feels. So, you know, that iconic feel from uh, my generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, so he would, he would, barely ever play that the same as the record mm. now um i agree with that because i'm like this is awesome to watch uh, but at the same time i'm like you know there are certain melody lines which you play where i'm like yeah play the bloody, play like play the bloody melody line you know what i mean and also he died in the most rock and roll way in las vegas with a pile of cocaine on the desk and two hookers next to him 
So, uh, <laughs> fucking hell. But yeah, <laughs> that, um, I think, oh, Jesse F, oh, Jesse F, I can't remember his name, Jesse F something from the band Death from Above 1979. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I can't remember his last name, but yeah, Death from Above 1979 mm. is basically what inspired Armada of Secrets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's where I get a lot of my sound. I do like the fact that, you know, in Armada of Secrets, there's only bass, drums, and vocals. Mm. So I am basically a lead instrument on the bass, which is. Yeah. You know, awesome, and that's one thing I do like doing. There's no guitarist to fight with me. I get a nice, dirty sound. And anyone listening, please do check out Armada of Secrets. Mm. Um, and the other thing as well, I suppose, sound-wise, like sound-wise, as in like the like just 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 how I am as a as a person. Like, do you yeah, mean? just yeah, yeah. Who uh, makes band, you want to play bass? I suppose, yeah. Yeah, I suppose I got a bit of two. Like, I started playing bass because I went to a Blink One Eight Two show. And I hurt my ankle in the mosh pit and I got taken through the backstage area past like all the crew and some of their like VIP people. I got taken on the back and got given a couple of plectrums by Mark Hoppus and um, Tom DeLong. And I was like, after that, I was like, I want to play bass. Yeah. Um, And then I've got a couple of brand new, the band brand new, those tattoos on me. I'm a big brand Mm. new fan. Mm. Uh, That's really inspired me just lyrically and songwriting wise. And then, yeah, um, I'm a big Pink Floyd fan as well. Uh, I wasn't. Yeah. I used to. I used to hate my dad playing it when I was younger. I was like, "What the hell are you playing?" And now, now I see him playing the same stuff. Like, oh wow, this is you know, yeah. this is this is Pink Floyd. So I have to thank my dad for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, those, I suppose yeah, those are the those are the main things. Yeah, I think two of those have got really like timeless sort of sounds, and you know, I. Even you just mentioning the words Pink Floyd makes me think of money. Yeah, exactly. And just, you know yeah. what? I don't know if uh, I don't know if you if you're big into Pink Floyd or not, but um, I actually I actually prefer a lot of the Pink Floyd songs being sung by David Gilmour. Mm, yeah, that's that's quite an interesting topic of uh, conversation. I quite I quite like uh, hearing his voice singing Roger Waters' part. I love Roger Waters' writing because obviously he's a bass player. And he, you know, he wrote, he wrote the wall essentially. He also, yeah. by the way, the comfortably numb solo, which is really iconic. I think I'm right in saying this. He wrote like eighty to hundred percent of that solo. Oh right, okay. Yeah, obviously, obviously, David Gilmore played it and he phrased it and he made it David Gilmore. But yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure even that was actually written by Roger Waters. Please, someone get in contact if I said that wrong. It'd be nice <laughs> to hear that. They also did a song called "Was It Liquid Sky Dreaming?" Oh yeah. Uh, is that like, the uh, the older okay. stuff? Yeah, that was quite a clever because obviously it's an acronym for LSD. Yeah, but there's also like lots of um, conversation as to if that was deliberate or not. But when you yeah. watch like another brick in the wall, like the music video and stuff, you're probably quite high. To uh, <laughs> a lot of their sort of visuals and a lot of their sort of did they have a massive pig when they played live? Mm. Just yeah, jumps so, around um, in the crowd. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I've got a couple of friends who play in the Australian Pink Floyd, mm. uh, who is the number one Pink Floyd covers band in the world. To the to the point where David Gilmour flew them over from Australia to London to play in his oh, back right. garden and play that's Pink hell. Floyd stuff. And that's what really I'm, actually I'm, I'm not sure if this comment's correct, but you know that's what I that's what I knew them for for like really getting a big boost into the industry. Mm. And now they play. To, to I mean I saw I saw these guys at, I saw Australian Pink Floyd mate at Wembley Arena, sorry yeah. Wembley yeah where, uh, the the yeah Wembley Arena the twenty thousand but not stadium yeah Wembley Arena twenty thousand people yeah and they're touring later this year I'm really looking forward to I always see them when they come over 
Um, yeah. They literally, they sound like the thing. They they have the pigs, they have all the lasers, and they mm-hmm. actually upscale. They do, like, if Pink Floyd kept going, they yeah. do what probably Pink Floyd would do, with, like, the yeah. lights and the lasers. And a big shout-out to James Redman, who does the lasers, uh, lasers for yeah. their show. Because, yeah, yeah I, do, I do recommend going and see it. Have a, have a few beers, mate. Maybe take an edible and go watch Australian Pink Floyd. Yeah. Love it. So just off the back of that, we're probably going to get some similar answers here, but I want to know your top three slash five albums of all time. Wow. Take as much time as you need, because this is a motherfucker of a question, and I guarantee you'll message me in about six days going, Actually, this one. Yeah. Well, uh, Pulse by Pink Floyd, which is live at Ells Court without Roger Waters. Yeah. Um, I would have to go with Deja Entendu by Brand New. Mm. Not, not to, people might kill me for that. It's not the best. Like people would say, it's not the best sound, but I think it is. Mm. Uh, another one as well um, would be, oh, uh, the Drake album, um, Comeback Season, uh, yeah. which is where he was like the blue background. That's that's a big album that I, that I really love. Um, oh, what else? Because it's basically those. Those are three albums which I can put on and just leave yeah. all the way through. Mm. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Which I think is quite a I big like thing. That. Yeah, I yeah. Like uh, if you asked me years and years ago, I would have said um, Mudvayne, the mm. one, the album after Dig. I can't remember mm. what it was called, but the album after Dig, um, that album was was a big influence in my life. Yeah. Um, and yeah, an actual album. Mm. Wow. Yeah. There's, there's there's four for you. Yeah. I might, I might I might get a new I might get something in a minute and be like, wait, this. Yeah, you have a sudden burst of inspiration. <laughs> in your life. Um, what's the usual questions I ask? Um, other than that, because I'm going unscripted tonight, guys. Yeah, that's mate. Honestly, best way keep it organic. Yeah, keep it flowing. Um, favorite film? Ah, oh, favorite film. I do love The Matrix. The yeah, first one. Um, I think that's absolutely awesome. I can watch that a couple of times. Uh, and as well, um, I think it's called The Last Castle. Which oh, yeah. I think is is it Rob Redford? Is that his name? Something Redford or like a prison? It's a prison setting, um, mm. which I thought, yeah, that that always that always resonated with me as well. Um, yeah, the, I mean, to be honest, I, I watch a lot of before I got into Netflix this year because of the COVID. Yeah. I would watch a lot of films when I was like pissed on a plane, and then yeah. uh, and yeah. I, I always I always struggled to sit down and watch an entire film. Mm. Because I was like, I feel like I want to do something else. So I'd usually like yeah, watch a film in, yeah, like watch a film in two or three parts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I suppose, yeah, they're, yeah, definitely. That's, that's another one where I'll go this. Do you know what? Saving Private Ryan mm. was yeah. just an epic, an epic film. I really, because I was, you know, my, my dad got me really into history and I'm a, I do, I do like my history and, and, and that, when I first saw that and I, I got shown it when I was like 11 years old when it came out and I was just like, this is everything that I read about, and I was slightly traumatized by it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, wow, yeah. this is this is this is war, which a lot yeah. of people we're, we're very lucky to not mm. to not have experienced that. But yeah, you know, we get the yeah. pandemic instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember there's a scene near the end of Saving Private Ryan where they have to use their socks to um make to a make the bombs. Bomb. Yeah. yeah, you know, and and, and yeah, it, it just makes it so real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's there's one scene where if they if they show that film on like ITV, they have to cut this scene out, and it's oh, the right. fight it's the fight scene where the German guy puts the puts a knife through the, oh, yeah. the guy's heart. Oh, yeah, no. Mate, yeah, yeah, they cut that they cut that out. 
they cut that yeah. out when they show it on TV. And it's, you know, obviously, like, films since then have, have been real mm. and have been hard-hitting. And I think yeah. that was the first, the first film that came out. I remember my dad, I, I wanted to go see it in the cinema. My dad was like, no, you're blooming mm. 11 years old. Or like 9 or 10 at the time. And I remember my dad was being like, you know, that was when surround sound was just making a big thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he was like watching, like hearing the bullets come from behind you mm. in the cinema just made it so mental. Just one yeah. more film, actually, um, A Knight's Tale. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was the first film that I got on DVD ever. Uh, and I think Heath Ledger in it is absolutely amazing. Just for the one, like the guy who plays Jeffrey Chaucer is absolutely amazing. And yeah. there's one scene where she's like, so what are you wearing tonight? And he goes, oh, nothing. She goes, oh, well, I suppose I'll dress to match. And he goes, why is it always we're putting clothes on for you? And he just leans in and goes, about taking them off, my lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd say those, those are my top films. Love that. Yeah, um, just quickly, have you watched Old by M. Night Shyamalan? No, I haven't. So do you want my official review on the film? Please. It's all right. <laughs> it's okay it's a film and it's got stuff in it no I, I thought it was okay it's just like there's a perfect review of M. Night Shyamalan's films which is a guy on YouTube called Jeremy Jans mm-hmm. I don't know if you watch him he's got like a red backdrop and he, he's quite animated you probably like him oh, okay. and he's like M. Night Shyamalan is basically like the human embodiment of a loot box like you literally don't know what you're going to get, but you're kind of excited to see like the contents of the box that's just shown up at your house for 20 pounds a month or whatever. Oh, okay. And it's just a bit random to be honest. It's kind of the film that no one asked for. It's kind of like this in film. Yeah. Format, yeah. yeah. No one asked for it, but we're here anyway. Yeah, you're going to enjoy it. It's all about time on a beach and time accelerates at a very rapid pace on this beach. And there's all sorts of weird shit going on. Um, but yeah, it's probably worth a watch if you're into that sort of stuff. Yeah, I'll have a look. But there we go. That's my official review of <laughs> old. old. There we go. Um, favorite video game? Oh, Zelda: Ocarina of Time. Oh yes. Oh mate, I'm a big Zelda fan. I I, I never really got too much into the new ones, but one yeah, thing same. I did do, yeah, yeah, yeah do I mean, but one thing I did do during lockdown in November. I, uh, I started and finished um, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. I, I went through the effort of uh, of getting it out and just being like, do you know what, let's revisit this and see what it's like. You smashed out the N64. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't nice. believe it. Like, literally got it got it hooked up to the TV and I was like, let's, yeah. let's see what this does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, yeah, that's a big, big fond memories of that. That uh, yeah. GoldenEye, because the N64 vibes, yeah, GoldenEye, yeah, Me- yeah. Metal, Gear, Metal Gear Solid on the PS2. Yeah. Mm. And um, uh, what's the other one? Mario Kart. For um, Legend of Zelda, did you ever one hundred percent complete it? No, oh, no, mate. I was not getting those skulls. I am not going through those. Skulls. Oh, the sculpture. Token oh things. gosh. I mean, yeah. this time, this time I did it. I actually um, put more effort into getting them this time. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I've got loads. And then I said, I went, wow, there's still loads more to get. And yeah. I did. I did actually yeah. have to cheat. I think I cheated twice. Once mm. on the water temple, because yeah. I just kept going around in circles. And once when I was trying to find a chicken, which I was like, oh, yeah, when, yeah. They, when they said where it was, I was like, this is actually, I don't know how I did it the first time, but I was just like, this is really hard. How did yeah. I do this the first time? Is that in Kakariko Village? That's right. 
Yeah, where you can fly with them. You hold them. And that was the one. That was the one that did me. And I flew a couple yeah. of times and it wasn't working, yeah. basically. And I checked, I checked the, the cheat thing and, or the, 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 the walkthrough and it went, yeah. yeah, just fly. And I was like, I've been doing that yeah. I mean, all the time. And then did it again and it just worked. And I was like, well, that's actually really, really hard. Yeah, yeah. The only thing I haven't done in that game, which now makes me want to play it even more, is get the last bottle. Oh, and you have to yeah. kill the toes when you're going around the castle grounds at night with um the horse. Yes, that's yeah. hard. And the thing is, that extra bottle was actually really, really handy. Yeah. And I, yeah, I've, 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 I've never got that. I got the big Oron sword. If you got that, or you had to do oh, shit yeah. loads of fetch quests, and you had to like run really quickly. Yeah, from yeah, one, yeah. From one thing to the other. So I actually this time, I'm so glad you said that. This time. I actually did um, the is it the Shadow Temple where you fight against yourself. Yeah, yeah I yeah. did that without the big sword because I was trying not to follow um, the the thing, yeah. and I, I did it, and it took me ages to do it. I found a way to do it, and I was like, "Wow, that's harder than I remember." And then I realized I didn't have the the, yeah. the big sword, and I was like, "Oh, okay." So I still got the big sword anyway because afterwards yeah. it's, it's just really cool to hold that mass. It's like having it's like clan yeah, in yeah, Final yeah. Fantasy yeah. Seven. Give yeah, me a yeah, massive sword. Give yeah, me a yeah. massive sword. Yeah. I think um, Dark Link's in the water temple. Oh, sorry. That's it. Yes, there yeah, he is. Thank you very much. Yeah. I've, weird I've got, I've got... room of like just nothing. And the, it's all, a mate, water on the floor. Yeah. I'm so glad. I was actually, um, I, I, I do I do like my weed a little bit. I've, uh, I, don't, I don't smoke as much as I used to, which is, which is really <laughs> good. But uh, when so I was good. in lockdown, I would actually, you know, on purpose, mm. like turn the lights off. And especially for that bit, I was so happy in the place that I was when I got to it because I was like it was just so it's like Metal Gear Solid when you first play it it was yeah. just so eerie and almost slightly mm. scary and I was like this is awesome just having this yeah. shadow which you're just trying to you know it's, it's yourself yeah. that you're trying to fight yeah yeah Dark Link shout out yeah so oh wait massive shadow Dark Link shout out. Me up, I had to get my dad <laughs> to help me with that the first time I played that because those shadow hands that would like come and grab you and then it was oh, like game yeah. over the second they grabbed you. And then you had the re-dead, which I hated. And I used to have like recurring nightmares about them. Really? And then you got the lens of truth, didn't you? Yep. And you like you'd see all sorts of crazy stuff when you turned the lens of truth on and it would drain your magic quite quickly as well. I, I, was, I was literally about to say that. I was like, that is yeah. magic draining right there. Yeah. There's a really horrible like mini dungeon as well. And there's like this horrible hand shaped thing. Yeah, that come like down. This yeah, it's like a white blob. Um, and I can't describe it. It kind of looks a bit like a slug. <laughs> and it would like its head would come down to you and try and eat you, and you'd hit it with your sword. And um, yeah, I can't remember what it was called. I'll send you a picture in a bit. Yeah, yeah, please do. We could could you get around and be like, oh yeah, it was that thing. I do remember trying to um outsmart the big Oron sword quest by warping to Hylia Lake. Oh. And then realizing yeah, yeah. that I had two seconds left on the timer. And I was like, oh man. That's it. I did the same thing. I was like, this yeah. this will surely work. Oh, what do you mean you've eaten my time? I thought I actually warped there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. Good fun. Love that game. <laughs> Absolutely love that game. So yeah, what's the um first game that you can remember playing as a child? Um, it was uh Super Mario. Oh, oh, uh, the first game I was actually think I properly bought was Super Mario 64. Yeah. Uh, I think that was the absolute first one that I had. 
Mm. Um, first game I remember playing, I think I remember playing, um, yeah, like I think there's around the time of like Goldeneye, Metal Gear Solid. Actually, the actual first game would have been Tetris or Lemmings. Yeah. Uh, and I remember I was always terrible at Tetris as a young kid, and my dad used to take my take my um, Game Boy. And I was like, how did you get the rocket? I want to get the rocket. And he'd spend hours playing it. Yeah. Rocket until I was older. <laughs> and nice. also, I don't know if, uh, if you've ever seen it, but you know there's like a, um, a championship of like Tetris where people play against each other? Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's like, apparently there is like a thing where like, you know, if you get to a certain age, your reactions are are less like the same as in starcraft and stuff like they say in starcraft if you ever played starcraft 2 mm. um you know when you get to like 26 28 you are going to start losing to the guys who are 21 because their reactions are a lot quicker yeah um and i just remember being like oh why can't i do this yeah and then yeah get a bit older you're like yep now i can do this and then of course okay yeah i do like lemmings as well lemmings was a great game yeah that was a great game yeah the can can wasn't it the K- yeah, 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 and also mm. then just doing like getting, giving the little umbrellas. Mm. That was it, yeah. When they jump off the cliff, yeah. Oh, lemmings, please oh. come back. Yeah, yeah. I actually tried downloading that. I think last lockdown, yeah, uh, for a bit, and um, yeah, could couldn't actually find it. Too much. You just give me a bit of inspiration to try and find that game again. Yeah. Nice. Um, what's the other usual questions I ask? Here's one for you. This will probably send you into a bit of spiral. But is a Jaffa cake a cake? Oh, okay. Yeah. Do you know what? I had, I think I had my first Jaffa cake that I actually enjoyed like, um, like maybe like a year and a half ago. Before that, yeah. I used to not get on with Jaffa cakes at all because I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be a biscuit or a cake. Yeah. Because, you know, people serve it with tea. And I'm like, oh, well, yeah, where, okay. I'm like where's, where's the Bourbons? Yeah, I mean, like, well, the Oreos. Give me the bourbon. So, of course, in that in that sense, it's a uh, it's a blooming biscuit. But at the same time, if you are thinking about stuff in that sense, well, is it a cake because of the layers, and also because it's soft? I always thought a biscuit should be hard. Yeah, when they get left out, they go stale, don't they? Oh, yeah, and I don't, I don't really. I think that's what always put me off mm. a Jaffa cake because I was like. Why is this soft? And of course, yeah, yeah I suppose if it's called actually, do you know what? I've only just realized this. It's called a Jaffa cake. Yeah. It's called a Jaffa cake. It is. So surely it's a cake. But a, yeah, but a mini but a mini cake. Okay, so okay, so quickly, I reckon, <laughs> I reckon if we were to sit at like a cake council mm. and there was a war between the Jammy Dodgers yeah. uh, and the um the victorious sponge cakes. Yeah. And we were like you know, we need we need to sort this out, guys. This is this this war's getting ridiculous. Enough's enough. It's twenty twenty one. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? We've got enough stuff to yeah. deal with. Can we just yeah. put all put all the put all the blooming spatulas down and stop yeah. stop creaming each other? I yeah. think personally, the Jammy Dodgers would be like Switzerland, and they would be mm. the guys to come in and be like, "All right, guys, I got a bit of cake. I got a bit of biscuit. I think we can all live in peace." Do you know what yeah. I mean? Truce. <laughs> yeah, truce. The yeah. Jaffa cake truce. Is there anything else like a Jaffa cake? Oh, mate, just quickly. What are your thoughts <laughs> yeah. on this, Quilly? Wagon wheels. Yeah. What's your thoughts on wagon wheels? I love them. I haven't had one in a uh, while. Once again, I could never get on with them, and I no. I saw them as similar to uh, yeah to a Jaffa cake. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they've got different parts to them, haven't they? Yeah, and I mean, would you would you compare a Jaffa cake to a wagon wheel? Maybe just a bit bigger. 
Wagon Wheel's got like marshmallow in the middle, isn't it? Yeah, and then the Japanese got the orangey yeah. thing. Yeah, they're kind of similar, I suppose. Yeah, I, I but... quite like um, just inhaling shit, to be honest. <laughs> just <laughs> dealing with it later. Yeah, that's me. But yeah, um, what else do I usually ask? I can't remember. Um, there was one from last episode with Stu from Hamune. Favourite animal, that was it. Oh, favourite animal. Um, it's between a penguin, because that, that used to be my favourite animal as a kid. A penguin, yeah. uh, a turtle, and a woolly mammoth, who are extinct. I don't, don't know if yeah. that counts. But when I, because yeah, I, I used to, I used to wear, obviously, you know, well, sometimes do big, big earrings with like horns in. Mm. And um, when I toured in China, when you're in China, basically, like, I didn't realize this, everyone in China um, gets given a name of like a season or something. So, you know, I met some guy called Dog, met people called Summer, June, July. And then when they, when they come to England, um, they choose a normal name to go by as well. Yeah. So apparently if you're like one of the young hipsters and stuff, if you're coming to England, one of the games is you pick up the flight magazine and you get a random page. And the first name that you see, that's the name that you take. So I met one guy, he was like, yeah, my name's Dog. He was like, and this is all chatting on WeChat. So you're on WeChat standing next to each other, pressing yeah. message, press translate. Yeah, yeah. And they're both laughing at each other when I should say the words. He's like, yeah, my name's Dog, uh, but you can call me Daniel. Well, actually, no, people call me Daniel. I've actually just changed my name to Nick because I think Nick is easier to say. Mm. And I was like, this is mental. Yeah. So um, <laughs> basically they were like, have you got a Chinese name? And mm. I was like, and actually I did this a few times all over China to see if I'd get the same reaction. And I did. Yeah. Yeah. They were like, oh, like, and I kept being given the same name, Ma Zhang, which means woolly mammoth because of the big earrings that I had. Right. Okay. Mm. Mm. So my Chinese name is Ma Zhang. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like a good penguin myself, so I'm, I'm with you on that. Oh, mate, yeah, honestly, they're, they're blooming hilarious. I used to, as a they kid, are, I used to yeah. love them. Mate, just, if, if, you, if you can get about by blooming sliding on your belly, why yeah, would why you not? not? Yeah, yeah. Mm. absolutely. Just that sort of inevitable fear of getting swallowed whole by something bigger than you. Oh, don't, mate. The orcas scare me. Yeah, just that. tip the entire, like, bit of ice. And... Yeah. Don't know. Exactly. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's why. Like, it, it was quite hard to watch Blue Planet. Yeah, it's like thirty in one go. That's, yeah. Like, Damn. Rest and they work. Peace. And they work hard. They do. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, they're very clever. They um, they know how to sort of keep themselves warm, don't they? They all rotate. Yeah, um, mate, honestly, yeah. Squat, that 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 just, that, ju- that just made me like, if there's yeah. one thing that we can learn from penguins. Mm. It's that situation about everybody looking out for each other. All right, I'm yeah, a yeah. bit warm. I'll go out. You get you get a bit warm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they're very clever, very clever creatures. Um, I think that's all the questions I have, other than the famous meal deal one. So, oh, hello. what I'll do is I'll send you another link. We'll talk about crypto for a bit, and then we'll finish on the meal deal. Fantastic. If you're happy with that, brilliant. Nice one. Cool. I'll speak to you in a sec. Bye. Hey guys, just a quick ad read. Ocean Bottle. I recently reached out to this company as I thought their mission statement and attitude were absolutely fantastic. Support livelihoods, stop ocean plastic. These award-winning bottles come in a range of colours, including ocean blue, forest green, obsidian black and sun orange. 
Each bottle that is bought means the equivalent of 1,000 plastic bottles kept out of the ocean in places where plastic pollution is actually at its worst. These are 100% dishwasher safe and contained double walled vacuum seals and are made from insulated stainless steel. They keep your cold drinks cold and your hot drinks hot. Join the award winning team and get your own at www.oceanbottle.co. The current discount code I have access to is on my Instagram page, so please check out the Absolute Bedlam podcast Instagram page on there to see the most recent one. Thanks to Ocean Bottle for allowing me to spread the good word of environmental sustainability. I cannot wait to get my own Ocean Blue one soon with my podcast logo front and centre. Anyway, back to the episode. Hello. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, not bad. Just had a thought. Um, just to finish off the whole music thing, what are you up to in the next sort of six months to a year? What are you uh, looking forward to doing in the future with music? Oh, thanks for saying that. Yeah, we've got a festival of Armada of Secrets uh, on mm. Bank Holiday weekend, which we're really excited to do because we don't do a lot of shows. When we do, we make sure they're really special and big. Yeah. Uh, EP coming out towards the end of the year once we finalise a new singer. There's nice. a couple of girls that we're looking at uh, who, are, who are all really good. We're going to be working with a few uh, over the next few months on like one-off stuff and then decide on what we're going to do. Um, and then, yeah, working with Elvis Fernandez on his new record now that he's immigrated over to England. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, I've got a lot of, I've got a lot of weddings and corporate gigs, but I'm really looking forward to touring next year. Hopefully we should be, Armada Sigur should be out next year for a couple of different tours. Um, so... We're just looking, obviously, with everything going on at the moment, we're not exactly sure what's in and what's not, but there's a few things that we should have done, yeah. which we are hoping to to pull through for, for next year. So, yeah, it, it's, luckily, with with having uh, the market how it is, Armada of Secrets will be my full attention go, going forward. And there's a lot of stuff yeah. written that needs to just have the finishing touches. Uh, yeah. We're just waiting for the right time to do it. So I'm excited to show people yeah. what, what we've got in store. Mm. Nice, yeah, I'll definitely check that out. I'm following Armada on Spotify. Mm, um, yeah, feel free to send me a message with all the other stuff that you're involved in. Um, also, if you want to send me a link to the bass guitar article, I'll put it in the description of this episode. We'll get oh, some cool. eyes on it. Thank you. Yeah, no worries. So let's talk about crypto for a little bit. So yeah. we've got 15 minutes. So I'm a complete idiot with this sort of stuff. I know a little bit about the GameStop shorting thing. Mm-hmm. I know what dogecoin is i know what bitcoin is and i know what ethereum is but to a complete novice to someone that doesn't understand what cryptocurrency is do you fancy trying to give us a bit of a lowdown as to yeah so it's so basically like, it's basically a digital currency right um there are there are like i mean i think there's over like seven and a half thousand coins right now which you wish you could buy and a lot of them is actually just like buying disneyland money Mm. So you, you walk into Disneyland, do you want to buy this? Yeah. And because everyone buys the Disneyland money, people accept Disneyland money. So that's mm. how that's how Dogecoin sort of sort of started. That you know, the community the community token, as they say, behind Dogecoin is what's made it what's made it so epic. Um mm. the funny thing is is you have coins like Litecoin, Ethereum, and Bitcoin, yeah. which actually run off a code. So especially with Bitcoin, when you own a Bitcoin, you actually own a part of a code. So when you same way as holding a five pound note or a bit of gold you actually have that code yourself yeah um, and litecoin is is also the same that's on a different that's on a different network but dogecoin 
people say it's a meme coin, which it is, and people say it's a bit of a joke. However, the contract, which is what they, they based the coin on, was actually copied from Litecoin. Um, and funny thing is, with Dogecoin, by the way, the two guys that, or the, the main guy, sorry, that started it, um, he actually sold all his Dogecoin a couple of years ago because he thought it was dead to buy a Honda Civic. And now Dogecoin is worth more than Honda. <laughs> and he's, he's, he's actually really bitter. And I think he works yeah. for Adobe now. Um, but basically, yeah, it's, a, it's a digital currency. It, um, it's basically trying to on the internet because obviously if you do own a code, it's the same thing as owning a painting or something else so there's a lot of nfts non-fungible tokens yeah, going around yeah. it's basically yeah some call it digital art some call it overpriced jpegs yeah. uh, but basically when you own an nft you own the code to that the same way as if you owned the van gogh so i yeah. can take a photo of a van gogh painting i can show you the photo i can mm-hmm. take a screenshot of my nft i can show you the photo mm-hmm. but if you were to actually own that i would have to send it to you and, and you would own the code so you would actually own that yeah. bit of property which is stored then on the on the on, on the internet yeah. um and th- there are a lot of what we call shit coins mm. and any anyone can make a shit coin um and basically you know so you've got like baby cake doge i mean there was like so there was one called cum rocket porn rocket yeah. there was there was even one called rug pull and a rug pull is what happens when you get into a coin uh the, the owner actually just sells all his coins and everyone gets fucked and there was there was a coin called rug pull and people bought it and they got rug pulled. <laughs> they, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And it's um, yeah. it basically the way I the way I do see it is uh, a lot of the tokens they call it as opposed to coins. A lot of the tokens which are like Disneyland money, mm. I see more of those like uh, investor stocks. So when yeah. you buy a stock, you don't actually own anything apart from a digital thing saying, "Well, you own some stock in this company." Yeah. So I work for a company now called Code of Cryptocurrency, um, which I got that job uh, for three and a half weeks ago and socials which i'm really really happy with and basically um they're they're very similar as in that that coin i wouldn't call it a coin i would call it more like investing in a company like a stock even though it's listed as cryptocurrency yeah uh they actually have a crypto coin coming out in a few months called capex which is really really exciting and that's actually going to be a coin like uh, it's more like pancakes or poor cake if anyone knows about cryptos listening but it actually has more of a use case and it actually is more of a cryptocurrency whereas even though if you buy coda now you're buying a cryptocurrency you're actually buying uh in my opinion shares or a stock do you know what i mean yeah okay i'm still with you at this point oh that's good oh awesome and so basically yeah, yeah it's uh and that's why I, I got i got into crypto like six years ago and I always thought like, well, especially after what I went through, I was like, you're only really experiencing crypto when you've been done over or almost been done over. Yeah. And yeah, we all went through that because uh, as the years have gone by, it's got it's got better and better and better. But when I first got into it, they call it the Wild West now, but it was absolutely mental back then. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, sending if you, for example, if I send you money on Barclays and I type in a wrong digit, it goes to the wrong account and mm-hmm. Barclays might be able to retrieve that money. If I if I send money to the wrong wallet uh, on crypto, I probably won't get it back. Um, however, yeah. people say crypto is the wild west in that sense, but every single transaction is totally public. So every single transaction of Bitcoin is actually listed on um, on like on, on on the internet. 
So okay. you can actually, you know, if, if you found out what I bought yesterday, you could probably go track my wallet. You could see what's in there. You can't get into it unless I gave you the seed phrase. But mm. every transaction is actually listed. Whereas if I sent the money to the wrong bit in Barclays, Barclays would refund me the money, but it wouldn't actually know where my money has gone or been used. Okay. Yeah. The only problem with crypto is, is that we don't have crypto bailiffs. So for example, the FBI... Um, got found out because they took a load of crypto and then the amount of cryptos which was stolen individually got sent to this one wallet so everybody clocked on and they were like right well this wallet's definitely the fbi wallet and it hasn't been touched and they've imported all the money into that so if yeah. any money moves from that wallet people know where it's going to now if there was crypto bailiffs you could find where that thing was turn up find them and sort it out but isn't the case so that's why they call it a decentralized currency because okay. there's not there's not one person actually um governing. In, yeah governing it so mm. i mean it's really funny they say uh you know there's a lot of scam coins right and um, a lot of coins like say get rug pulled or they are actually just bullshit and there was a, there's a good thing going around it was like oh these scam coins are getting ridiculous uh it was like you know um 80 of all the currencies owned by five percent of the people it's like 27 trillion dollars has been minted so like created they were like uh the 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 supply just keeps going that's the us dollar ben (laughs) yeah (laughs) whereas like bitcoin has a 21 million supply yeah uh litecoin's 84 million supply ethereum's supply does increase but because of some recent updates there is a lot being burned and when something gets burned it gets destroyed okay price to increase um and then there are some you know, there are some coins which has like a one or ten quadrillion supply do you know what i mean which yeah, is yeah. absolutely mental that's why you see oh this token costs 0.00001 <laughs> do yeah, you know yeah. what i mean jesus yeah there's a lot to it i don't think yeah, we're like, yeah there really is on this but yeah it's no well basically yeah, the, the company that I work for, Code of Cryptocurrency, one of the things that we do is we promote a TEE, which is Trust, Education, and Ease of Use. Yeah. And one thing they're doing, which no other company... Like, I, I actually work in an office with a massive rocket ship painted to the front outside. It's an amazing office. Like, mm-hmm. I, I can't think of... I think there's like a handful of cryptocurrencies which actually have an office. Most people are doing it from their bedroom or something like that. Yeah. Um, so these guys actually have an office. We've got a full team. Mm-hmm. And they actually promote... Uh, safe trading and you know learning what you're doing mm, um, yeah. um unfortunately we get we get calls all the time from people that have been scammed or something like that and it is a lot of people obviously making silly mistakes and yeah. it is it's easy to get scammed but it's hard as in it is hard to get scammed if you just follow the rules but there are a lot of people that think they can get into this uh crypto space and make a lot of money very quickly yeah, yeah, yeah. and you can if you're smart with it but the best way to make money in crypto is to invest in it like a company and yeah. they call it they call it a hold all, hold on for dear life. And you yeah. just hold it like a stock. Like if you invested in Apple in like nineteen ninety four, whatever it was. Yeah. Like, well, if you woke up twenty years later, you were rich. But like ten years down the line, you might have thought, well, this is this is terrible. And yeah. crypto is the same. It just goes a lot faster. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm. Yeah. What's um what's all this things about like people getting loads of desktop computers and filling up warehouses and yeah, so that, yeah that's called mining so basically this is changing but the same way as every bitcoin is an actual code mm. um, basically you use uh, the graphics cards to basically process 
the codes and information to find to, to find the code like mining gold so digging through dirt digging through shit codes oh i found a code that is a bit of a bitcoin wicked right. that comes right. that, that comes to me and so mining mining is now getting harder and harder because of the supply getting less which obviously is it is is absolutely natural there are yeah. new coins coming out where they uh, obviously there's loads of codes available so if you can find a pool of codes which are set to one thing obviously you can then develop and start mining mining based upon that um so yeah that's that's basically how the, how, how, how the mining works and we've actually yeah. in the office i work in we've just bought our first mining rig i mean the coins are well like, we're only three months old as a company for a month but we, yeah, yeah. we've just actually bought a mining rig for the for, for the company just because we thought it'd be hilarious to start mining some ethereum yeah but the costs are i mean like the the electricity costs to mine this uh, to mine these things is mm. ash is astronomical um, yeah and i mean you know that's why like there's a couple of good documentaries on amazon about bitcoin from like 2015 2012 and it's so weird to watch them, like, looking back now and seeing everything that's happened and seeing all these guys with these massive fans and massive CPUs just, like, running yeah. codes left, right and centre trying to find the Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah, I know, like, our Lord and Saviour, Elon Musk, <laughs> everything he tweets, just, yeah, it's just nuts. Like, he's, um, yeah, he's slowly, he's yeah. slowly losing his grip on that, which is good, because, yeah. like, mate, January, February... I, I got back into Twitter mainly because of him and I literally only had one notification and it was when he tweeted I got a notification because yeah. I wanted to see yeah. if he was going to shift the market or not mm. but luckily uh, on the positive he's, he's he's bought crypto to a wider market which is really cool and yeah. also at the same time because he has been doing what he's doing he has been slowly losing his grip as more people get into the space and more people do their research and more people see what it's really about yeah. He is becoming slightly less influential. He still really is, by the way. He really still is, mm. um, but he is slowly losing that grip, which is really nice because that, that's what it should be. You shouldn't you shouldn't be able to to move a market by sending a tweet about a dog. Mm. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for that. And um, I saw that your company was giving away a car. Yeah. So oh wait. So free cars. So um, if you just hold any amount of Coda, which you can find on PancakeSwap, um, we got a first draw in October, second draw in December, and the next draw next year. We're giving away two GTRs and a Lamborghini. Right. Absolutely mental, mate. That's why this, this company, James Gale, the CEO, he was just in the Times newspaper recently uh, talking about all of this, but he is a superb man to work for. And yeah. um, he really, he really is trying to change the game in crypto. And ev everyone says that, but like I said, nowhere in the world I know has an office of animators, people helping to buy and sell crypto, customer support, marketing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm doing a weekly news show now on crypto, and uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's such, a, it's such a different. That, that's why I got involved. I actually, I actually invested in the coin before getting involved with the company. Yeah, uh, and one reason why I got the job is because I invested in the coin because a couple of friends asked me to check it out because I knew some people that that knew them, and I was just like, "Guys, what it? What are you doing with this? this and this?" Some of the things were amazing, and I was like, "But some of the things just seem so ridiculous." Mm. So ended up uh, just sending a couple of emails, being like, "Look, I just need to chat to somebody because I've got loads of experience, and uh, I really want to help you guys." come yeah. across how you come across because you know it's, it's quite hard to believe that we have an office with all the photoshop that goes on in the day and it's hard yeah. to believe that we actually have real staff working in a place yeah 
Yeah. And, you know, it's something that should be really celebrated because they're trying to do it in the right way and yeah. trying to make the community safer for crypto. Yeah. Um, so, like, when I, when I saw the office, I was like, wow, like, this is, like, you know, if half of the coins that I invested in, if I would have seen they had an office, I would have got in sooner. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, like, we also just, we just uh, sponsored Slough Town, our local football club. Uh, for okay. two years yeah so like if people are like worried about us going away a i want to keep my job and b we've uh invested yeah in slough town but we're there sponsoring all the shirts which is absolutely brilliant awesome that sounds like a really good uh prospect i hope that works out yeah i mean at the very least we're doing all the trust in education and we've got we've got some great merch and stuff uh, to start pulling in some cash and we've got some nfts coming out and um you know we've got uh We've got loads of different things that we're doing rather than just being like, we're a coin, buy our coin. Because, mm. you know, that, that, that's called a Ponzi scheme, which is also called the stock market. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, yeah. but no, but you know what I mean? There's loads of things which they're, which they're pushing mm. and they're promoting. Um, and that's why, that's why I've, been, I've been bought in because it's, um, yeah. we, we, we all, I mean, it's, it's an amazing office to work in. Everybody there is great. I've been welcomed so well as well. And, uh, mm. you know, to be able to, I mean, I'm in a creative space, Ben, again. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. not, it's not yeah. like I've left music and gone to get an actual normal job. Yeah, it's my cool. first normal job, but it's not. It's all creative. I'm, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm creative. I get to do content. I get to, you know, see how we're doing the marketing and use all, any, any idea that comes to mind can be explored, which is just like music in that sense. And I think that's why I've gravitated to it so well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it sounds like a nice fit for you. Nice little transition. Yeah. So, I want to talk about food. Go for it. Always love that. So when you were playing to your 50 people outside of Tesco's during lockdown, I think you said, mm-hmm. did you see any arm of a meal deal? Ah, yes. I've seen many a meal deal. Right. So what is your go-to meal deal? So we've got, we've got to put this in two parts right now because Tesco's have changed the game and changed their meal deal, haven't they? So yeah. you can you can now get a Rustler's burger, which you eat up. Mm. You can get yeah, yeah, wrap. It's a crazy shit, yeah, yeah. And then like co-op mm. started doing this thing where you can get like Moroccan couscous salad. Yeah. Um, because back in the day, it used to be like right chicken and bacon sandwich, bag of bag of salt and vinegar macaroons, and a can yeah. of diet coke. You know, to make to make yourself feel really good about eating shit food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then in the in the, in the in the new style, it's like wow, now I can get a sausage roll as my snack. I can get a Mm. I can get satay chicken. Do you know what I mean? I can get a one pound portion of sushi. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But the wraps, yeah, the wraps, are, the wraps are a good go-to. But I'd say now probably if I was going to do it. Be an all-day breakfast, sausage roll, and a and a, and a, a liter bottle of water. Or if I'm being if I'm being really good, go for one of the salad options, um, yeah. like one of the small pots, like the you know, say like the Moroccan salad or something like that, or chickpea salad, mm. um, and then go for like a scotch egg on the side, and then mm. a yeah a coke zero or something i heard something quite funny on another podcast which is um a much much more successful podcast than this which is jack mates happy hour yeah and i absolutely love that podcast but they said something which made me laugh which was this has happened to me as well so i can relate to it like i used to buy the pasta pots at tesco and sometimes you wouldn't have a fork in oh my god yeah then you're screwed aren't you so apparently the way around that like you've just mentioned is the salt and vinegar mccoys because you can use that as a fork yes as a dip yeah so i actually i did that with um if you get like the tuna and sweet corn sandwich filler Mm. and then yeah yeah get back crisps dip it in why not jesus yeah 
There we go. <laughs> like it. Like it. So, yeah, nice uh, cohesive answer for once. Oh, yeah, man. It's, it, it, it's, it's scary how quick I answered that. Mm. I usually get some uh, crazy sort of... Um, like I get a lot of people ask me what my one is, and I'm like, oh, God's sake. Like, go on, go on. You know, feel, it's kind of like... No, no, it's fine. It's like, you know, copy my homework, but don't make it look too wordy. Like, don't <laughs> copy it word for word. So mine's chicken, bacon, lettuce, sandwich. Nice. Crisps are a bit of a wild card at the moment in my life. Um, I sometimes go for sweet chili Thai sensations. I think I've said that wrong, but we'll go with no, it. No, that's it. No, I, I know um, that yeah. The nice and spicy knickknacks. Oh, mate, I remember those from a kid. They were amazing. Yeah. Um, sometimes I get salt, ready-salted hula hoops. Nice. Sometimes I I really want a punch, so I'll go for the paprika punch max crisps. I always think as well, it depends on the sandwich, because I was always partial to a chicken bacon lettuce sandwich. Mm. Uh, or like the chicken and avocado, but the avocado gets a bit weird. Yeah, and obviously you um, want to put the crisps inside the sandwich. That's it. Yeah, you, you want you want to make the mega sandwich. So ninety nine percent of the time, drink wise, I'll go with a can of Monster. It will usually oh, be a wow. white Monster. Yeah, I'm addicted. I don't drink coffee, so that's my oh, my vice. Well, but to be honest, that's that's you know you trade them one for the other. That's totally fine. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like um. Saying I'm not going to smoke anymore, and then buying straights rather than Benson edges. But yeah, <laughs> you know, you're kind of kidding yourself, really, aren't you? But <laughs> it's all a process. Go. It's all a process. A vice is a vice. But yeah, that's my go-to. Um, occasionally, I'll get a wrap. Yeah, but... and that's the thing. There's so many doing this. Like what I do like is you know go to uh, used to go to the Tesco's, and it was always the same stuff there. Yeah. The only advantage now of going to do a different Tesco's is you know. They, they do have a lot of different stuff. I make Tesco's is slowly taking over the world, and I think we should be yeah. slightly concerned about it. Yeah. Do you know what I'm I mean? Just, I'm just concerned they're not sponsoring the show, to be honest. Well, to be honest, every little does help. Absolutely. <laughs> Trademark. Tesco, um, give us free stuff. That's it, yeah. I'll have to um, contact, uh, is it Coda, sorry? Yeah, contact Coda. Yeah, I'll have to um, give them a shout in a couple of months to see what's what. Yeah, well, mate, I'm 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 head of marketing, so uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, this, is, this is this has been a really handy networking session. There we go, awesome, <laughs> nice. So I'll have to do a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll wear that. Hell yeah. So yeah, um, I think I mentioned to you earlier as well. Um, I'm sponsored by Grind Fitness, Archie Soul, and Ocean Bottle, and I think you'd really like the um, Archie Soul stuff because obviously you've got a beard and no, you I... travel a lot. And I think that would sort of go hand in hand because uh, they do some really, really good stuff. But I don't want to put too much pressure on you. Obviously, mentioning <laughs> that on the hey guys, hope you're enjoying the episode. Just an ad read from a new sponsor called Archie Soul Grooming. So we have ArchieSoul.com. They've currently got a bit of a sale on at the moment. Uh, basically, long story short. I've not really been looking after myself, uh, especially during lockdown and quarantine. I've always been sort of, I'll deal with it later, kind of person really. Not really bothered about how I look and I think now is a good time to change that. Uh, Especially with like the world opening back up and sort of everyone having massive beards and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, so 
Archie Soul have uh, beard oil. They have razors, old school sort of stuff. Uh, power shower. Uh, they sell loads and loads of products from loads and loads of places. They're from the UK. Um, and they recently sent me a box of stuff. And it's just been breathtaking. It's been a completely new lease of life uh, in terms of like actually using proper soap and actually having an opportunity to sort of care about yourself and sort of give yourself a bit of a lease of life in the morning. Traditionally, I've always um, got up first thing in the morning, thrown some water on my face, said to myself, that will do, and sped off in my car at about 30 miles an hour. So time to change all that sort of stuff and to actually look after yourself and take some accountability, I suppose. So, um, yeah, so get involved at archiesoul.com. I have an affiliate link with them, which is Bedlam2021. So that's going to give you 20% off. Companies like American Crew, Anthony, Duke Cannon, who are one of my favourites because they sell the biggest bars of soap I've ever seen in my life. Ace High, Monsieur Barbier, and Anthony. So they stock traditional razors and genuine leather bags for work and for play. And as always, with all of these great companies I work for and promote for, is their priority is an excellent customer experience and they will always go above and beyond for their customers. And there is a guy at Archie Soul called Mark, and he is one of the most responsive people I've ever had the pleasure of dealing with in terms of business. Uh, he's all about getting you what you want at the price that you can afford. Not going to break the bank. Like I say at the moment, they've got a sale on. So check them out at archiesoul.com. Tell them I sent you using Bedlam2021 as the discount code at checkout. And thank me later, because you are not going to regret this, guys. Thank you very much, and back to it. Because believe it or not, I'm not rich, and I don't have my own studio. No way. So, I just went downstairs to check that my girlfriend's still alive, because I've not heard anything from her in about two hours. <laughs> She's asleep on the sofa. <laughs> I'm obviously so boring to listen to, but she's uh, decided to... I think as well in the beginning I was talking so much you've already just heard you in silence. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, um, I'll give her a bed back in a minute. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's been awesome talking to you, mate. And it's uh, really good to reconnect with you. And, um, I'm on all of your social medias now. So, uh, yeah, nice one. Do you um, yeah, have mate. any questions for me, mate? Yeah, just quickly. Um, thank you again for doing this. I think it's oh, really great what you started. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm, I'm glad to be involved with it. Uh, also, um, yeah, just just, just hope, hope you're doing well. Yeah and, yeah, yeah. and I look forward to coming on again, especially if you do one uh, with video. That'd be hilarious. Yeah, let's do it. And yeah, man, I just also saw that photo you sent me of that thing from Zelda. And oh my God, oh my God. Yes, those are one of the most annoying things in yeah. the world. They scare the shit out of you. Yeah, they're horrible. The noises for that game are just so like... I don't know. It's something about them that's just chilling and sort of. What's that? What's that? Over- it's like death. 
the blooming yeah, things on it, you freeze. Overprocessed, what the weed eds. Yeah, that's it. The brown zombies that hump mm-hmm. you. Yeah, and they make you freeze. Yeah. So, oh. The moment that um, you stop being a child, you go to the Temple of Time, I think it is. And then you become an adult and you go back to Kakariko Market. Mm-hmm. And it's literally just engulfed in Reed Ed. I, yeah. I couldn't handle that. I just went straight back to the Temple of Time. I was like, I'm out of here. <laughs> Yeah, that, that. that that used to make me jump so much when I was like yeah. a little kid when I was playing it with the lights off. Yeah. Knowing around all of a sudden it's just that high shriek. Like, what the yeah. fuck was that? Didn't even see yeah. it. Horrible, horrible enemies. But yeah. Um was that was that your question, sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, I, think, I think that was it. It was like thank you for bringing that us that childhood trauma. Uh no worries, happy to <laughs> give But yeah, trauma. if you're if you're ever London to see you if you want to come yeah. down to the office or whatever feel like happy to, happy to accommodate you hell yeah sounds good mm. um what armada of secret song would you like the people of the listening land to listen to oh wow uh, if you want a heavy one do mm. uh tragic love mm, that's a tune yeah 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 do tragic love yeah yeah i listened to um that and superstition earlier when i was driving home Oh, awesome! I'm glad. I hope you liked it. Hell yeah! I love all the little fills that you do and stuff because um, it's easy to not do stuff like that. Like you mentioned, my generation earlier. Mm. It's just so easy to sort of cop it out and cut corners and be like, "Ah, that'll do." Yeah. Oh, thank you yeah. for that. Because that's also but both of those tracks are looped as well. So yeah. It is, it is. It is one bass. There we go. Mm. Awesome. But yeah, keep at it, mate, and um, hopefully everything will be back to normal soon. No, thank you very much. I'm, I'm excited for new opportunities, mate. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But yeah, thanks everyone for listening. And I have Luke. Oh God, what's his name? Luke Kaylee from Prestomeco on next week. Oh, fantastic! It's pretty mental. We'll see how that pans out. And um, yeah, I hope to hear from everyone soon. But Good yeah, luck. Thanks for having take me. Take it easy. Get vaccinated, and I will speak to you all soon. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Carl. Take care. Bye-bye. Hope you enjoyed that episode, guys. Um, I'm just doing this as a pre-recorded segment because I always forget. Please consider subscribing for weekly uploads. Um, Sometimes I do two in one week. So, yeah, please do uh, consider sharing this with your friends and telling everyone that you know. And yeah, I'll see you in the next one. Cheers.